Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Splash Play offseason. We have the big board of ideas, and today we dive into one of the more promising ones, a scavenger hunt of odd, peculiar sports memorabilia and spags. We've brought in a man to help us out. It's Michael Leone. Yeah, we're excited to have Mike on today, and we're going to dig deep here on the original non-fungible tokens, actual items signed by athletes that exist with their, their face, their, their likeness out there. It's going to get weird. It's going to get interesting here, as it always does on Splash Play, in addition to some free agency news and the usual hubbub and nonsense we do on here. So, Pete, hit that music, and let's get to it. What is up, guys? Welcome to Splash Play here on the Peter Overzet channel and the Splash Play YouTube channel. We are growing by the by the really by the week, by the minute, by the second here. But I'm Chris Spags, joined by Peter Overzet and the man we introed up top, a guy behind the scenes doing everything for Establish the Run in front of the house, doing some shows with Pete too. He's Mike Leone. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on this show, looking up weird sports memorabilia. I'm rocking a Zach Greinke jersey, who's kind of a unique character in the baseball realm. So, you know, trying to funnel the the weirdness energy. Yeah, and I thought Mike would be a perfect guest for this episode because Mike is, uh, I know he's a big jersey head as he just showed off. I know he's in the sports cards, the physical ones. I know he's in the top shot. So he's a, a renaissance man of sports collectibles. So uh, we wanted to have him on. We're also going to touch some free agency news uh, from today. Real quick though, Mike, how many jerseys do you own total? An embarrassing amount. I probably own about 50 jerseys. Oh my God. Are they all Maybe not 50. They're, they're wearable. I like to actually wear them. I don't just collect them to okay. collect them. So uh, I've been wearing jerseys or collecting jerseys since I was in high school, college. So 50 probably sounds like a lot, but it's, you know, two or three a year for 15 years or so. How do you rank? I assume you have jerseys across different sports. Like my whole thing is the actual wearability of them. Uh, how do you rank the sports jerseys for actually just being able to wear them reasonably. So baseball jerseys are the most wearable. I guess hockey, but I'm not really into hockey. So I don't have hockey jerseys. I think baseball is most wearable than football, than NBA. NBA is hard with the sleeveless. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't come off quite as well, but most of the stuff I'm collecting is like, I like the old school nostalgic jerseys, especially now I'm collecting like nineties NFL jerseys just because that's, I was a kid. That's what I grew up and fell in love with football. So I've got, a bunch of like late 80s 90s to like 2000 that's my favorite era to collect so what's your favorite one overall i guess either favorite or most valuable or if those match even better but but what's your most favorite and then what's your most valuable give me both actually then i probably don't have a most valuable you know they're well i'm thinking in terms of value you know i'm wearing them i'm not like putting them away to sell them at one point i have a an ernie banks old school baseball jersey for the cubs that i got from mitchell and Ness. that was probably the most expensive jersey i bought i have a cousin who does my taxes and instead of charging me for my taxes we buy jerseys uh at the, at the end of me filing my taxes it's our celebration as far as my favorite man i've got so many but i really like the Barry Sanders jersey I just recently got like the Lions the old school blue and silver I you know I rocked it on the ETR Thanksgiving drinking show with Dink I don't know I really like that 
Uh, Barry's like the perfect guy in that era too, the nineties that I grew up in. So that's probably my favorite. Does, does, uh, Rachel roll her eyes when she sees another one of these shipments come in or is she just like, Oh, that's a harmless hobby. She asked me if I was going through a midlife crisis because <laughs> it had been a while since I had, you know, kind of, I guess, repicked up buying jerseys. I was really into it in college. And then I don't know I kind of phased out of it. And then recently, I don't know, it's a fun thing to wear for the shows whenever I do streams. I mean, it's obviously topical to wear uh, the sports jersey, but she was she was a little bit concerned and, and she, she rolls her eyes. COVID didn't help my uh, no. jersey purchasing habits because, you know, you're stuck inside and you know, online shopping gets you when you, you just don't have much to do other than scroll the internet. I it's we I almost feel productive buying things, which is so stupid and and terrible consumer capitalism. But I'm like, <laughs> I click purchase and it's like, oh, I feel productive. I did something. I literally have on my to-do list right now this like floral polo I want to buy. And I'm gonna feel so good about buying it and checking it off my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this raises a larger question though, which is something that I have to deal with daily as a as a DFS host. You, we all wear backwards hats and I'm in my 30s and i know that there are some people out there who are like oh if you're over 30 years old you have to just graduate to quarter zips and floral polos <laughs> i guess like pete but is there any concern mike that you get to like 45 and you're like shit i have a bunch of jerseys and now i'm just an asshole in my 40s with countless jerseys that i look very silly wearing out in public look i'm gonna be the asshole out in public i don't care i know uh smiz al smizzle has a rule that you can't wear a jersey of someone who's younger than you I don't abide by any rules. Yeah. I will buy any. Usually that's the case for me because I'm buying generally the older school jerseys. Like I like the classic looks. I was trying to find like an old school Nuggets jersey of Jokic, even if it's a current player. I like the classic look. But uh, yeah, I I'm going to keep wearing them spags. I'm spending too much money on them not to wear them. It isn't that one of the perks of, you know, you you work for ETR, you know, you're you're their data guy. Like if you were a data analyst at a big financial company, you wouldn't get to be rocking these all the time. Like one of the, you know, unimplied, you know, benefits of working online in sports is I just get to wear sports jerseys whenever I want. Yeah, we don't have to collect like golden sacks like tie lapels or whatever. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> we we can rock out the jerseys. Um, let's talk some free agency. We have had, um, some more moves trickle in. Uh, I do think the biggest one we've had since we last talked was the Kenny Galladay signing that four year, $72 million deal with the giants, uh, spags. Did this do anything for you here? I just don't see how this offense, unless they're completely overhauling things in the offseason, which I don't know based on Joe Judge and what we saw of him coming in, what we saw of him last year, where Daniel Jones kind of became a less of a risk taker, I guess, relative to the, the general risk that he brings to every play. But it's not like they're going to force feed Galladay, who's sort of a contested ball guy primarily, and he's never had a gigantic target share. I know I saw some guys like TJ Hernandez breaking that down on Twitter yesterday that he's had a higher than a 25% target share, I think, in three games and uh, his entire run of Lions years. And I I might be misquoting that. I just saw the stat and was like, oh, interesting. And then just filed it away and probably completely got it wrong. But I think for the most part, I just don't know how it changes things. They didn't feed Darius Slayton last year. And he was, I know it's much to Pete's consternation, a speedster, a guy who had gigantic outlier games the year before and then just kind of became a nobody in that offense. I'm sure there's more production if they're a playoff team. You have now a guy you can sort of feed tight window throws to, but I just don't know fantasy-wise. I don't know that the volume's going to be there. And I'm curious to hear what Mike thinks because I know Mike looks at these numbers more closely. I like a Galladay. I would have loved Galladay in other spots, but for the Giants, I just don't know how he adds a ton of value. Yeah, I'm tentative to make the same mistake I did early in the offseason last year with Stefan Diggs where I was like, you know, he's going to the Bills. They already have 
they're, they're not losing anybody, right? They've got Cole Beasley, John Brown. They're not a super pass heavy team. And I was too worried about the volume instead of like, oh, Stefan Diggs is amazing. And luckily, Ben Gretsch, uh, a friend of uh, the show, got me on digs like later in the off season, just like, he's just a really good player. And if he's that good, maybe he gets this huge target share, but I, I don't see the same comparisons to Galladay. Like I have that in my mind. I don't want to be too quick to be harsh in judging this, but as Spag said, you know, it's not like Galladay is a huge target share guy anyways. So it's a little bit concerning. And Diggs was in a situation where Josh Allen took you know, the biggest year two to year three improvement of all time. You know, is Daniel Jones going to do that? Probably not. You've got Evan Ingram there. You've got Sterling Shepard. You've got Slayton. It's probably even more competition than Diggs had going in. And as far as offensive coordinators go, you know, the Bills at least had someone who was a little bit innovative. And then luckily they became super pass happy. Is that going to happen under Jason Garrett? You know, probably not. So I'm pretty pessimistic. Yeah, I was... Uh, saying on ship chasing the other night too that I feel like because DeAndre Hopkins and Diggs had so much success changing teams this offseason kind of debunking that narrative um, that it's bad for wide receivers when they change teams that the pendulum might swing too far in the other direction everyone's like hey Kenny Galladay is going to be fine one Kenny Galladay like you said isn't as good as Diggs and Nuke and two is going into a situation where it isn't clear that he's just going to be able to command a 30 percent target share so yeah i think it's and we didn't even mention like saquon barkley is going to catch balls in that offense too so yeah it's um i think i want to be pretty cautious with him let me toss out just a couple of the other news items and if any of these jump out to you um mike especially from like a projection standpoint we got philip Lindsay to the texans mike boone to the broncos uh adam humphreys just signed with washington football team tevin coleman to the Jets, we got Damian Williams in Chicago now. Mike Evans going to replace Gurley in Atlanta. We got Brita to your Bills. And uh, Deshaun Jackson to the Rams was the other one. And obviously my guy, Chris Conley, to the Texans. So there's a vomit of all the other news items. Which one of those jump out as the most meaningful from a fantasy angle? I think Mike Davis to the Falcons. You know, There's a chance that if they don't draft a running back, he could be a legitimate starter. And if he takes over Gurley's role from last year, plus more pass catching upside, like Gurley was dust and they really didn't use him in the passing game at all, but they had previously used Devonta Freeman at about 10% target share clip. If he can have that, he'll be a really productive back. And if you're drafting like early best ball leagues, I think he's a good guy to roll the dice on and hope they don't bring someone else in. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, with, I'm with it. I think with the Mike Davis one, I think Pete also said Mike Evans taking over at running back initially, which I yeah. think would be a lot of fun for the Falcons. Ooh, okay. coming in. But uh, Mike Davis, yeah, I agree. We saw the volume last year being a thing that works to certainly some goal line touches to go around for Atlanta, which you know Todd Gurley was one thing he was doing fairly competently or at least decently competently last year. I think it's also kind of funny that Todd Gurley, it seems like he might not end up anywhere unless I miss some news items, but uh, a sad fall for a guy who was, I think, one of the best running backs in the league a couple of years ago. But I think the one that kind of jumps out to me fantasy wise, I guess two fantasy wise that jump out is, um, you know, having Chicago's backfield get a little more crowded with Damian Williams. Part of the value that's that, you know, there was for Singletary last year was just getting so many touches, getting so many looks over and over and not Singletary um, Montgomery boy, my, my crappy mid tier running backs, not in full practice right now in NFL season, but Montgomery last year, it was just sheer brute force of getting the volume of carries, getting so many touches, getting so many pass attempts. If you have Damian Williams, even taking 20% of that away, I just think Montgomery is a lot less compelling play uh but that one jumps out to me and i think the jets with tevin coleman 
I think there are some ways that it could get different there, but my my idea going in is that Salah is going to come in and basically try to make that San Francisco East and make it a team that relies on defense more, at least competent defense that won't beat you, and a run game that's going to hopefully add some value, maybe have some creative ways to attack. Probably not as creative as the Kyle Shanahan offense has, but at least a reasonable approximation. So I think Tevin Coleman could be a guy that has some upside and actually has maybe sneaky upside if you were getting best ball lineups in right now. But uh, for the most part, I think these signings not the most exciting, and clearly the Mike Davis won the one where there's real volume there and a guy's produced and could have, you know, pretty big upside if he's getting that role. I'll also, I'll get fined by Levitan if I don't mention Mike Boone <laughs> as a zero RB candidate. So I just yeah. got to sneak that in with Lindsey gone and uh, pretty much Rice Freeman is the only competition for RB2 in Denver. I mean, isn't Mike Boone is, I mean, he's kind of Philip Lindsay-esque, right? Like a very efficient kind of explosive runner. Um, can probably catch passes, but the team will probably elect not to use him <laughs> that much in that capacity and could probably end up being the team's best goal line rusher too. Yeah, I mean, you got Melvin Gordon there, and I feel like that's still the the guy that you want to feed more to because they are paying him for, I think, at least one more year, right? So that's that would still be my concern is that it's more of a Gordon backfield, and I think maybe that is a boost to him. But yeah, Boone showed a good amount whenever the Vikings actually gave him a chance other than that one DFS chalk day that I'm sure everybody holds against him until this day. But um, is Boone that, is a pretty is good a runner. Week 16 too yeah. in fantasy playoffs? It, it was and something then- like might have been a showdown too that he had at one point, but Boone had a couple opportunities. One was good and one was like colossally bad. The week 16 was colossally bad. And then if I remember correctly, he went ham in week 17 yeah. after yeah. it didn't matter. I mean, it mattered for DFS, but not for season long. One more since you are the Bills guy here, and I've always loved Matt Breida as a zero RB guy, just always Mr. Potential, home run hitter, uh, freak athlete. He goes to the Bills. We didn't see Zach Moss or Devin Singletary really, you know, grab a stranglehold on that job last year. Is there any excitement for Breida or is this just going to be a mess? I think it's going to be a mess for fantasy. And the goal or the running back role for fantasy for Buffalo is not great anyway. It's not a huge target share. Josh Allen takes the goal line role from them a bunch in terms of rushing touchdowns. They're throwing heavily. I'm excited as Bills fan because I, I like Breda. I like the speed. And I also like that they're probably not drafting a running back for yeah. the first round. <laughs> That's how you know you're an analytics guy when you get excited about a free agency signing because it means they're not going to draft someone. <laughs> I felt the same way about the Dolphins last year when they got Breda and Howard in free agency because I go, oh, this means they're not going to draft a guy in the first four or five rounds. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, Spags. Should we start hunting for yeah, some memorabilia? So- I think we should. I think I wanted to introduce one other concept because I know this channel last week, uh, we were doing the NFL free agency talk and Pete's viewers on his channel were like, oh, we need to get more NFT talk. Where's the top shot talk? All that. We're losing their minds. And I want to see if you guys notice this because, you know, for me, I've, I've been working on the internet for so many years, obviously worked at Barstool, spent some time there getting to know uh, some of the smoke show style accounts on there and the Instagram <laughs> model types. And Pete, I don't know if you know this, but Instagram models are now doing NFTs. And I think it's interesting because uh, to me, like whenever Instagram models figure out like a business plan that's been around for a while, like there was the stretch where they were all pushing the tummy tees and like the hair gummies and whatever. And that was sort of the, um, the old school pyramid scheme thing that a lot of companies did. And I feel like it's when the Velociraptors figured out how to open doors in Jurassic Park that it's sort of a signifier of like, oh, this is now a thing that's like too big or it's gone too mainstream. And is there any fear for you when you see this happening? That's like, oh, here's this model selling an NFT. That's a gif of her with like five Patreon photos. And it's like, I don't know that that has long term value, but uh, maybe it's another one you can invest in. 
Yeah, I have multiple thoughts about this. Uh, one, I get so tilted now. It's the most lazy thing when everyone just says, this is the top. This is the top, like outlandish thing. Like, I feel like the one signal that we're not at the top is when people are calling for the top all the time. Uh, on the other hand, it makes sense. It's such a parallel to the ICO boom from the crypto stuff before where everyone's spinning off these shit coins. They're copying technology of the real stuff, rebranding it and trying to sell it. I mean, we saw this, like people got sucked up in it. Some people got really rich. Some people got burned hard. Most people got burned hard. So I think it's natural when this new technology comes that everyone's graduate, uh, gravitating to it. Katie Bell, uh, Gronk, you know, like everyone, all these agents are like, Hey, there's a, there's a cash grab right now. So it doesn't, it doesn't concern me in that it feels like a natural cyclical part of a new paradigm shift in technology. I don't know. Where are you at on that, Leone? Yeah, I, I kind of feel similarly, you know, it, it was an inevitable, I think, progression of the NFT space. And, uh, but what I'm excited for just hearing you guys talk about that and the, what we're, the concept we're doing today with the weird sports memorabilia, that's one thing that is harder to replicate in the NFT space. Like I'm looking at Andre Agassi's ponytail here. <laughs> I'm looking at a signed, you know, urinal by Barry Sanders. Like, it, although when I say that I, now I'm, I'm thinking of the fart NFT that got sold. So maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe there's enough space for weirdness everywhere, but. Well, I think the difference between it, cause I was scrolling through some of these, some of the like iconic um, you know, weird sports memorabilia that you mentioned. There's a uh, Ty Cobb dentures are up there. Um, but what the difference is, is I think the level of organicness to it, right? Where yeah. these things come from the real world. No one's trying to profit from them initially. And then it's like, this thing just existed. And now it has a story and a narrative to it. Whereas with NFTs, it's almost inherently orchestrated. Because it's like you are creating this thing. You are saying, I think this has value. And I I love organic stuff. I love that it's like, oh, this was the pennant that was waved when the home run ball went over it. And now that pennant is especially cool or something. So I think it there is an edge there for weird sports memorabilia, physical stuff. The the tweets being sold now is kind of interesting where like Jack Dorsey's first tweet on Twitter sold for $3 million or something. And Pete, maybe this is an industry that you could get into or maybe uh, you know, some of my problematic tweets in the past. I feel like maybe have some some street value for some guy on a corner somewhere in, in the Massachusetts area. But I feel like for the most part, I think there are some interesting wrinkles to it. But I just wanted to talk about that up top because I really do think, you know, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't be opposed if memorabilia rebranded as like real world NFTs. Cause I think if you're trying to really stoke the value of some of these things, the, the signed jock straps or dentures, if you just get with the buzzword, I feel like that's going to immediately increase the market cap right away. Well, is it one of the other kind of uh, funny ones? I think it's even been referenced in movies and stuff too, of like, uh, I want to get the old, um, you know, Apple core that Dennis Rodman or Michael Jordan ate, you know, it was like guys digging through the trash. Like this was a, an actual Apple that yeah. Michael Jordan ate where it's like, who actually wants that physical thing, but maybe owning the NFT of that <laughs> could be more practical. I don't know. The NFT of, of Kanye West's baby's diaper is probably yeah. selling for a billion. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. Like, where are you overall on that, Mike? Because you do appreciate the tangible stuff. You like just wearing it and collecting mm -hmm. that stuff. And then I know from some of your NFT purchases, you're thinking about that more as an investment kind of thing. Are you enjoying the act of collecting NFTs in a similar way to your physical stuff? 
A little bit, you know, uh, my buddy Logan, who's real into NFTs, got me on these uh, digital sneakers and they said, but they, I guess they also send you a physical sneaker, which kind of makes it cool. So that gets away from the NFT a little bit, but, um, and the top shot stuff, you know, there's stuff there I actually enjoy collecting. And I think what's interesting, you know, think about the memorabilia, there's stuff that NFTs can replace, right? Like top shots can replace sports cards because the sports card isn't really organic. As you said, you know, it's, it's contrived in the same way the NFT is. So the NFT is just a better version of that. Whereas I wonder if some of this weird stuff actually does go up in value because you can't really have an NFT version of it. Like the NFT version of the Apple core. I mean, you just said it really well. It's completely contrived and orchestrated. So I could see this, some of this weird niche stuff gaining um, in popularity. I mean, not a ton because there's only so much of it and, and kind of like who cares, but at the same time, it's something that NFTs can't really have as their own, whereas sports cards, they can have that, you know, art, it's pretty easy for them to have that. Uh, so, and then thinking about art too, you know, I wonder if, you know, non-painting stuff in the physical world becomes more valuable, like stuff with like texture, you know, statues and sculptures and stuff that, you know, it's more difficult for an NFT to replace. I don't know. Maybe that's a boomer take. I'm not sure. So we were, we were just talking about this stuff and uh, Ivan in the chat says, Andre the Giant jockstrap IPO in 40 minutes. <laughs> and I thought it was just like a joke. Oh, outlandish thing. And now uh, Googling, no, this is a real thing. Uh, so we picked a great day uh, to talk about weird <laughs> sports memorabilia. I don't know it was a bit because that was the first thing I looked about eBay was signed jockstrap. And I was like, oh, there's nothing good. And I apparently great minds think alike. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're already there. Yeah, absolutely. Also, if true. you guys don't mind, I'm, I'm buying some Charizard shares on rally. As we do. <laughs> <laughs> so are you in the, are you in the Pokemon, uh, streets, Mike? No, this will be my, I want to get, this is my first exposure to Pokemon. So. Okay. All right. Um, I, I did tweet out. I was like, I want to, when I was a kid, I had these X-Men cards. I loved and I was like, I want, I want to, my son would love that. Now he's four. He's into superheroes, something inexpensive, but uh, I'm not in the Pokemon streets. Oh, here, here it is. You know, Ravel's got us covered. I mean, this this tweet is literally uh, not even 90 minutes old. Andre the Giants used Jockstrap going live on collectible app at 1 p.m., offering shares to the public at $10 each. I don't There's know. Also, I'm, I'm thinking you guys had insider information to time this show around here. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it was all actually uh, marketing for the Audrey the Giant jockstrap that yeah. came up. There's another photo in here that I came about on Google, which actually uh, I'll text it to you, Pete, and see if you can throw it up on the screen. But it's the guy holding hit up instead. And he's like, he's a normal sized man with this jockstrap. And it's very large. <laughs> I also have to note, if you can see in Rovell's bio on the right side there, that he now has business of sports betting memorabilia and NFTs in there. Like he immediately seized I, on the buzzword and put it into his bio. I, I saw that the other day when he added nfts uh into his bio there what a douche you know darren rovell always skating to where the puck's gonna be not where it's at you know um yeah it's i can't believe i was literally we were talking about urinal signings and all of this stuff and how you know maybe you don't need it to be tangible and here we have andre the giant jockstrap you can own ten dollars of imagine explaining selling that investment and then having to explain it to your accountant why that's a taxable event <laughs> it was a one-time investment it's i feel like you just come off like kramer in a seinfeld episode where you're explaining one of your harebrained schemes about how andre the giant jock straps can only appreciate in value over the next 10 years 
Yeah, I am feeling a little uh, bummed because I was like, I thought that was the stuff we were going to start deep diving and discover on our own. And it's already like the biggest thing going today. You, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> That's wild. But it also, I, I was telling you guys too, before we went live, trying to do some research for this show, it's difficult to know what to even search on eBay, right? You know, are we going to start searching jock straps? Then am I going to start getting some like weird jock strap ads through my cookies? You know, there's there's definitely a strange element to uh trying to actually find weird things this is this <laughs> wow. the most gleeful a man has ever been next to a seven foot two frenchman dead frenchman's strap. i think possibly ever captured on film i think i, I gotta do a, a real-time uh tweet here <laughs> he looks genuinely happy holding that strap. he had to sniff it right like you gotta i feel like if you're <laughs> If you're putting that kind of money on a jock strap, you just gotta know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So why don't why don't we try our own? See if we can uh you know stumble across something. I mean, I is Mike, do you think is eBay still the place to go to find kind of the, the weird stuff? I I was having trouble with the eBay algorithm. I almost feel like it'd be easier to do a general Google search and then, mm. and then find stuff. Um, because eBay, like I looked for strange memorabilia and I got all Doctor Strange stuff. And I, I, I was having a tough time. Spag said, you know, we might have to just take a chance on maybe the chat can give us a specific individual and that might help. Um, I, like, I like that. Yeah. Or yeah, because to me, there's there's the different kind of categories, right? There's like the actual apparel, like we were seeing the stuff with the fanny packs, like the very weird like position bobblehead dolls and stuff like that. Or it's like player specific. Like, could we find like the most ridiculous piece of Michael Jordan memorabilia? I think the bigger the name, probably the more likelihood that there's really weird stuff associated with them. Or someone with some good entertainment crossover. I feel like some like a Gronk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gronk. I think Gronk is absolutely perfect for this. Yeah. We got, I searched OJ Simpson just out of curiosity. Cause I know that was one of, <laughs> one of the requests that we got on Twitter from our guy, Eric Belair was that jumped out to me. And uh, we also had a Chris Conley request from our guy, Willis, our accountant here at splash play. But um, OJ Simpson, if you search him, all that comes up is a bunch of various sports cards. So maybe, the move is searching the guy's name and then clicking the other sections where you have collectibles, but then omit the the card part. I'm not sure what the best way will be to do it. Yeah, yeah. we got to filter out the cards somehow. They just yeah. got to dominate the searches. Uh, so chat, if you guys have any suggestions uh, for things to start spraying, praying here uh, with the, what are you laughing at? Spice? I got, I got a good one here for, uh, I'll, I'm sorry, Pete, I'm just gonna keep texting you things. I know this is probably not the best workflow, but uh, there's an OJ Simpson, the juice, juice extractor. Which is <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I think the move, the move is going to be search the guy's name and then click off of the, like just click to vintage sports memorabilia, I think on the left side. But yeah, that's 150 bucks. Not bad. Look at this thing. If, if the man Dude. knows one thing, it's extracting juice from unlikely places. Wow. <laughs> that's, See, a good, I, that's a good find to start, guys. I'm, it is. And I also like really appreciate the, the synergy there. You know, like the, the question here is, do you think the company, did they exist? And then they were willing to rebrand their product in hopes of, you know, getting the OJ Simpson bump or do you think like OJ Simpson's agent, like paired up with some shitty distributor to create this thing? 
Oh, this this is like one of those QVC things, right? As seen yeah. on TV. So they probably had this thing already and we're like, no one's buying it. We got we got to get OJ. We got to call this thing the juice. Well, that was like the George Foreman grill. Initially, that was something, at least Hulk Hogan claims that he was pitched that. And then his agent somehow botched the deal. I, for, I forget what the exact story was on it, but then it came down to George Foreman. He was like their, their second choice and he got it. It was basically just like a company that was thinking, oh, you need to market this grill, but we need a famous person behind it to do our, our sales push. And I would guess that's what it was. It was just like a juice extractor company. And they're like, who's the guy we want? Affable celebrity OJ Simpson. This could never go wrong and never <laughs> be inconvenient in future future years to come uh, <laughs> when people are looking on the internet. Uh, but it's <laughs> handsome photo of him. You got to give him that. Wow. This is, this is absurd. This back messaging, be healthy and stay fit the OJ way. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. The stainless steel juicing blade, the most durable available. Uh, it, it does sound like a tool he would then use to murder people. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, okay, I like this suggested first. So we got a uh, bulbul on the nuggets here. I've made a lot of smoke a bulbul jokes. Do you think we could find a bulbul uh, marijuana piece? Not on eBay. I feel like they're pretty they're pretty conservative when it comes to that kind of thing. I imagine that they're they're playing that close to the vest. Yeah. yeah. I would like to weed paraphernalia though. I feel like that's one thing that I could see people also collecting at some decent volume where it's like, Oh, like, you know, uh, Willie Nelson's kind of a cliche one and not relevant at all to people in our age demographic. But I feel like somebody like, Oh, Willie Nelson bowl, like people would buy that and smoke from it or keep it, you know, framed somewhere in a 55 year old dad's house. Look at this. So it's not a bowl, but at this school, he got bowl bowl to sign an actual bowl. (laughs) Bull Bull, is, uh, his stock is down this week, though, because he was not uh, the Orlando Magic didn't want him in a trade. So I don't know if we could go Bull Bull. His, he's at an all time low. Yeah. Um, OK, oh, this is another good one. Uh, we got Bull Bull Bowling Bowl. We got Chipotle <laughs> changing the spelling to to Bull. Um, oh, a Chipotle Bowl. A, a, how about a bowl, a Chipotle Bowl that Bull Bull ate out of? <laughs> yeah, here you go. Bulbul visits downtown uh, Chipotle, makes a bulbul. <laughs> I like how this degenerated to a pun episode <laughs> immediately. Someone was very happy writing that headline. Uh, yeah, I just, I do just want, uh, if we can we find bulbul marijuana, bull pharma medicinal cannabis products? It doesn't look like he's gotten into it. Maybe, maybe that's not his thing and he doesn't want to tie his brand to that. Or maybe we need to reach out to him, take some percentage, get him. I mean, <laughs> he's leaving. He's leaving some juice on the table. He definitely is. Okay, his management's not doing him a, a doing him a disservice, really, more than anything, by not capitalizing on his name being hilarious. Um, let me. What do we got here? Yeah, we're gonna be all over the place today. Supernot.com. Okay. That sounds like oh, okay. I'm concerned. Like to themes. Okay. Yeah, this could. You know, we always like to uh, walk on the edge on this show. Um, lots of signed photos. Richard Ramirez stock has got to be high. He was on American horror story and has a documentary on Netflix at the same time. Like his, he's a buzzy name in the streets. Whereas Ted Bundy is probably looking on from afar. Like, Oh, what happened to my hype? Now it's all about Richard Ramirez. Spags is going to start the, uh, serial killer index. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What if that were just like my Twitter stick is I'm like, yeah, serial killer memorabilia guys. You got to get on it. It's got limitless potential. (laughs) Yeah, when are we going to start getting the data guys to start doing viz on the uh, super not market prices? Oh here? man, 
Uh, I mean, we, like what, like what is this stuff? Jeffrey Dahmer school brick card. So like someone, someone took his high school yearbook photo and like made a plaque out of it. This, this is disgusting. <laughs> I feel a little dirty. I'm super not. I do. There, there's yeah, a weird part of it that feels aspirational that I don't enjoy where it's like, oh, these guys like, yeah, like that. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't love it. I could never, I'm not a true serial or true crime uh, podcast type either for the most part. Cause I feel like it's basking something that's like cripplingly awful for the people yeah. involved for the most part. But right. like that's like in particular is not, not a lot of whimsy. I want to say how though, like one thing you texted me was an OJ Simpson juicer, but you draw the line at super. <laughs> that's where it's gone too far for you. Well, cause that's like a silly bit. Whereas the other ones are like, Oh, here's a, a, a golden statue of Jeffrey Dobber <laughs> eating one of his victims. Right. Like, I don't know. Thank you. The juice thing came like that was mildly interesting <laughs> pre-murders. Whereas this other stuff is like, hey, you want this because this guy killed a bunch of people. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, do they have a jock strap? Would be the question I would have on Supernaut. Yeah, I was afraid. I didn't know if I should be searching like, hey, jock strap memorabilia on uh because <laughs> that's the other option, right? Is instead of so the vague searches of strange memorabilia doesn't work. The player specific stuff maybe works or you could just start thinking what would be weird and search that or like, right. like the bobbleheads or something and just see if you can find a super strange bobblehead. Uh, we came across like fanny packs, which you can still buy some sports fanny packs on eBay. These these searches are dangerous. I just did Rob Gronkowski jockstrap and number one article is what's Rob Gronkowski's penis like? <laughs> article get written I, oh it's out sports okay um it's, it's how brady told howard stern about it so a lot of buzz on the streets about oh yeah Tom brady says this. cross penis is what you would expect <laughs> i don't know I, what I would oh expect. my god yeah. vascular and high energy would be <laughs> this is interesting here jockstrap scented candles are here to fill the locker room void <laughs> this nfl season can't go to the stadium. Babe Wine has the solution, at least scent wise. Babe Wine and Ryan Porter, while insane, it's a bet. I can't even find this. Looks like spam. It's all spam. Well, while, while Pete's going dirty, I looked up Rebecca Lobo because I was curious what a female <laughs> athlete who's been around for a few decades would get. Lisa Leslie was one that came to mind first, but I thought Rebecca Lobo, I don't know why. I just thought maybe, yeah, you know, some more weird stuff. There's an Olympics dream team. I guess I'll send, I'll just keep texting you links, Pete. Um, there's a Rebecca Lobo signed TV guide with Lisa Leslie of the women's basketball team. I think uh, 1996, the other dream team, and it's Lisa Leslie, Rebecca Lobo, and uh, this third woman who I do not recognize or recall from my youth. I'll, uh, I, your text hasn't come through yet. Oh, well. uh, oh here yeah. it is. Because there's a lot of stuff with female athletes. I know from when I worked at WWE that like people would play, would pay them thousands of dollars to wear like a ring or to get a, a ring worn outfit because they're creeps. But also like, I think there is a, a memorabilia thing. And I would bet that female athletes of note have an interesting crossover between like respect for their athletics plus guys being creepy would be my guess. And I actually like, I have a soft spot for like these USA jerseys, both the 92 men's oh, team and the 96. And that was also like, that was peak to like Olympians, like getting on Wheaties boxes after that, uh, you know, their time in the Olympics and stuff. And those jerseys, like, I remember these, these jerseys from the women and that, that was an iconic team. The other dream team. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I'm sending you some stuff in your discord. That oh, I gotcha. Uh, just random, random rabbit holes. 
Okay. I do love this. <laughs> Marcus Camby, Russian nesting doll. Babushka. What kind of Mad Libs creation is that? Like, just things also, that belong together. I found this by searching jockstrap memorabilia, <laughs> which led me to a Kansas Jayhawks gold paperweight that had nothing to do with jockstraps, which then led me to this was in the related items underneath that. So this thing is kind of epic. I mean, this is such a ferocious paperweight. I mean, you're not messing around if this is your paperweight. <laughs> I think it lost some value though with that early exit from the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Stopped down. Market is uh is definitely dipping on that here. This is a vintage Kansas University solid brass Jayhawk paperweight figurine. It's a George Knott creation, just under three inches tall. It actually looks bigger in the photos. It does. Um, this one, I'm sending Pete one right now that's actually completely apropos of nothing, but I was looking up Christian Leitner because I was trying to think of like interesting like athletes who might have a weird affinity or, or collector group. And it's just a rookie card of like a boy band photo of Christian <laughs> Leitner. Like look at the dreamiest he's ever looked in his life. I never understood those cards like that, where they do the casual, not in uniform, not on the, you know, in the sports environment picture. Christian Leitner, though, Buffalo native, just oh, got to throw that out there. Yeah, it's um, it's a good reminder too where these prices can go on uh, this memorabilia over the years, down to fifteen dollars for that. I, I honestly feel like this is not financial advice, but I think it's a pretty good buy at fifteen dollars. <laughs> It's got nowhere to go but up. So wait, how are you? What? How are you guys doing the uh, this? Where are you finding the? Uh, I don't know. Going down the rabbit hole from one to the other on here. Well, I searched jockstrap memorabilia. I have to wade through some provocative images of men in jockstraps as advertisements for jockstraps to buy. Men sexy mesh breathable underwear g strings thongs. Um, so it is dangerous search. Uh, but I don't. I have no idea how that Kansas Jayhawk ended up in that search, but it did. And then if you scroll to the bottom, there's like similar sponsors. Yeah. Items. Okay. So here's this. What here's one oh, that gotcha. I'm surprised is as expensive as it is. But I'm just gonna send it to you because I think. Oh, this is a, this link is unwieldy for me, babe. It's like the longest link I've oh, ever seen. In my life. They need um, to partner with Bitly or something here. <laughs> <laughs> that is an unbelievable amount of modifiers at the end of a URL. Should we talk um, about some, this isn't so much the memorabilia, but just like the photo in here, like in, in this, like just ratty plastic bag, it like literally looks like he's suffocating. Like, and this is how you're trying to sell the image. And then in the, in the title, it says so cute. This is the least <laughs> thing I've ever seen. He looks like he's being held captive, and that's the ransom letter. Like you're like, oh, if you want to see the Kansas Jayhawk again, give us five thousand dollars. It looks like he's on his last breath, like gasping for life. His smile is like a little Jay. I like that though. Oh my god! Uh, all right, let let me pull this one over, Spags. Yeah, another stuffed animal, the Tom Brady <laughs> debut bear, November thirtieth, twenty twenty. I mean, what is going on with this? That's and why is it Detroit Lions? Oh, I think that's who they played the Lions, and I guess that's it's commemorating baby? both teams' existences. <laughs> why I'm wouldn't that up? Why wouldn't the I'm jersey be the Patriots? Good question. <laughs> Rare Tom Brady NFL debut. Patriots first appear rookie stuffed bear. 
Maybe it was from the game. It was a collectible at the game. And wow. Maybe it doesn't say that though. I feel like it would say that if it was from like the Detroit game and then, you know, they uh, Brady yeah. went one for three for six yards. His only action <laughs> of the entire season, but it was his first game. They are not lying. 600 bucks. Can we also talk about how they have three regular photos and then just a crotch shot? <laughs> there. Like, sells, sex sells. Like what? What? Who's all right? And it's like I get they want to show the lines of that, but I mean this is just a crotch shot. I don't know what to tell you. Not not packing a lot that, but he has no grog penis. That poor bear. <laughs> oh my goodness! What else do we got? Oh here here you go. You get the combo the bear with the rookie park pass ticket. So if oh. we add in the ticket. I mean, we're up to a five thousand dollar valuation on this. Yeah, if we're we're gonna back out the ticket valuation, and it's it's almost four k for the ticket alone. <laughs> guys, guys, are we in a Tom Brady bear bubble? I, I feel like we might be. This is the top. <laughs> It's funny though because I just imagine these people at home like rifling through shit and they go like, "Oh, we have this bear. Like, it's got to be worth five thousand dollars, right? Like, oh, yeah, we have the ticket too. Yeah, it has to be." Can we just can we just read him trying to sell this? This vintage gem lot is a very and he has to put scarce in quotes because he doesn't even believe himself as he's writing it. <laughs> Original parking pass ticket in good to very good used condition in our in our opinion. There are a couple small wrinkles and frayed edges which are considered normal use wear and tear. What like what is that? Like how is he trying to sell this as a five thousand dollar parking pass? I feel like every eBay write-up vaguely reads like a manifesto. <laughs> as the story goes, I don't know if I've heard this story. Scroll back up to as the story goes. I mean, that seems presumptuous. Detroit that we was crushing the, the Pats as Bledsoe had just thrown an interception for a 101-yard TD. Belichick had enough. He pulled Bledsoe. I love the use of caps here. In the fourth quarter, only to introduce the world to a 23-year-old kid named Brady, making his first and only NFL debut ever. <laughs> I will never use punctuation. Young Tommy hardly made an impression on us, just going one for three passing for six yards. What a story that is. <laughs> first and only NFL debut ever. <laughs> this is like the uh, LaMelo Ball assist first moment on Top Shot, where he's like barely a part of it, but it's like, dude. What a great story. Um, yeah, that one's absurd. Uh, what do we... Okay, what is... We got some weird Tom Brady stuff in here. There's also... I'm coming across weird, just... Not even weird, but... What? Like a kneecap from... A knee brace from 1930. You know, just... <laughs> I can see it. But, okay, this this Tom Brady jack-in-the-box is disturbing me, mainly because of the look on his face. <laughs> He's the least enthusiastic jack of the box in history, I'd say. He he literally looks like someone that was held captive for four years and finally got sprung from the box. And they're like, hey, Tom. And this is his reaction. And his arms, he's kind of doing a, I don't know what you expected. <laughs> what do you want from me, guys? I'm just coming yeah. out of a jack of the box. Not a lot of detail on those hands uh, there. $499. This isn't financial advice, but that seems like a good value. <laughs> Way this, better than that ticket. This incredible find. This is the same guy. <laughs> I, I know this right up from a mile away. <laughs> I want to hear. I'm surprised it's not a Comic Sans font, honestly. <laughs> uh oh, guys. 
Unfortunately, the jocks box no longer plays the Star Spangled Banner song. Well, at least you don't have to stand up whenever Tom Brady comes Dude, out. We got to teach this guy that quotation mark does not mean extra bold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so rough. Wow. So it appears that this was like a popular thing. These upper deck, Jason. Now we got a musical Nets basketball jack. I mean, another thing where it's like <laughs> you couldn't take that off for the photo. <laughs> He looks like he's wearing a medieval torture device. What is this? this Sometimes is you have to show that it's protected, Peter. You want the people to know, hey, I'm taking good care of this. <laughs> Nothing says I'm taking good care of this like a bunch of tape and a bunch of cardboard. I mean, this honestly may be the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Like, it's like they're punishing the Jason Kidd Dollar Tree to get like their child for years, <laughs> just vaguely abusing it. It's like, go, Jason, go stand in the corner, Jason Kidd, upper deck jocks box. I'm just imagining this guy like hiring a photographer to come over and he's like, has him do three photos like this. And the guy's like, man, can we just take one off just to see the head? He's like, I don't know. How about just for a second? Okay, quick, take it, take it. <laughs> It's like one of those uh, old school, like lifetime movies of a photographer being creepy with a model. <laughs> it's just like you take, no, you just take the cardboard off a little, just peel it back just a bit. We just want to see the goatee that looks nothing like him. Um, I'm very tempted. <laughs> Colin to M asking, are, are we back on the serial killer website? <laughs> it would appear so. I'm tempted to search sold of these whatever these things are called these jack in the boxes yeah like, has anyone bought these so they're called jocks box i like how you put in musical too you won't settle for one that no, won't be musical. I mean, if I, if <laughs> you, you gotta spell musical correctly oh that just looks like a coffin okay go go go, uh, go up and, and filter on this sold i want to see if anyone's bought any we go to advanced. Uh, help me out uh, here. Next to the big search to the right. Oh, gotcha. Search. Someone's never looked up sold prices of cards <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> Weird shame. Weird shame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sold listings and then search. Whoa. Okay. Oh, 10 bucks. Oh, that's an active. Oh, no, that's sold. Oh, my God. Now we're talking. 14 bucks. January 12th. Uh, why can't I wait? The seller has relisted this item. He's a flipper. He's a jocks box flipper. <laughs> That's not healthy for the ecosystem. Of no, jocks. it's not. You would prefer that these guys were hodling these long term. I mean, what what is going? Why why do they leave? Like this is not protecting it. Just take it off for the photo. For the love of God. Great hair though on Yao. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Did they snap it? Here's him emerging. <laughs> What what is going on with these photos? Is it's like you know if you've ever looked around for like apartments and housing and you know normally you know they get a professional photographer or someone to come in make the place look and then occasionally you'll just find a listing where like someone went on their like Nokia flip phone and took like four <laughs> photos of an apartment that couldn't be even cleaned up. You're like, how is this going to convince me to want to live here? It also looks like Yao is being birthed, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... And it's at his full size too, which would not be a convenient delivery at all. Listen, I'm in the Zillow streets. Yeah. And pay pay someone to take good pictures and stage your house. Seriously. It makes a huge difference. When I'm scrolling through and someone has crappy pictures, it's like, mm, I don't want that house. And it probably really makes no difference in the end. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Lots of uh, let's let's go back. I I sent you some Patrick Mahomes cereal if you were curious. Okay, <laughs> just FYI. Mahomes is in the in the cereal. Okay. See, one of my things I actually own and is in the basement of my parents' house at home is the Ed McCaffrey cereal. Ooh. I, have you seen that? I, I might yeah. have Flutie Flakes in the house somewhere. I had Crebet Crunch as, as a kid, which I think is we just show the, the steady depreciation of the cereals there. Yeah, all these guys have to get in the cereal game eventually. Uh, Ed McCaffrey was, he was a big fan favorite in my house growing up. He wore basically non-existent shoulder pads. Like uh, it, they were, they had to have been like kid-sized shoulder pads. Um, him and Rod Smith there with John Elway back in the day, giving defenses fits. Did he play, I feel like in game day 97, one of my favorite PlayStation football games of all time, Ed McCaffrey was was good in that game. Yeah. That, that rings a bell to me. Yeah, that was the game would. where you could stiff arm people very easily. And it's still so fun. Like it, it's still in my head. I don't like, I don't immediately connect Christian McCaffrey as Ed McCaffrey's son. like, they're so like different in my mind. Um, but Ed McCaffrey, good pedigree, apparently. Um, let's see here. What do we have? Cereals. What are like, I was, you know, back to that thing of like, do you think we could find like some athletes like Michael Jordan, like trash, like trash that someone like was able to get out. Yeah. That's what's hard. You don't know what to search. That's where it becomes an art, Peter. It is not it's a science. I'm searching celebrity trash. So I, <laughs> I went very, very binary here. I have found, Oh, I have sold a, I've someone bought a trash can for 40 bucks. A Michael Jordan NBA wastebasket. I, I don't even think it has anything to do with Michael Jordan. I think it's just a Chicago Bulls <laughs> trash can and someone wrote Michael Jordan. Pete, I'm sending you one that I think you should open just for the titling. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about, but I just Sounds enjoy dangerous, it. dangerous, Spags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is the kind of stuff Spags really wanted to do this show. I was searching celebrity trash. Busty <laughs> vintage photo street trash. Uh <laughs> Like, is she the street trash or is the photo street trash? Is that the branding? I don't know, but it just seems like a meme listing either way. Let's see. Ooh, I've got a don't talk oh. trash to black Jesus t-shirt. Trash basketball's greatest. Ins that is the problem. When you search Michael Jordan trash, it's all trash talking stories and links. Yeah. Some trash cans, but not actual trash of his. Yeah. Michael Jordan food, maybe? I don't know. Ooh, I got a Simon Cowell talking trash bobblehead. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear Simon Cowell talk some trash and bobblehead for him personally. Be motivational. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you would tell me to clean up my act, and I would really take it seriously from the Simon Cowell bobblehead. Sorry, now I am on a TripAdvisor review where someone ate at the Michael Jordan Steakhouse and was very upset at the lack <laughs> of MJ paraphernalia and memorabilia. <laughs> I went to eat here. You should, in hopes you should of respond with some eBay links for him. <laughs> His steak was supposed to be pretty good, though. I don't think I've ever been to a Michael Jordan's, but I, I have heard it's a reputable steakhouse. Yeah. 
All right, maybe I'll just go right for Rind. No. You got a brush with death by Samurai Sword? What is uh, so this is custom. This Michael Jordan, like who custom made this? Oh my goodness. For the the Boston Dunkin' Donuts fan who also loves Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it morbid to look up Kobe ones? Because I feel like he's probably got some weird ones, but I don't know if that Yeah, like here's some in the uh there's a there's an, a Dunkin' Donuts. So apparently they did a series. Now you got the Kobe Bryant Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Good. I oh. guess Dunkin', right? Like that's that's where we're getting the pun here, the synergy. Yeah, they're going nuts. Um, this is ninety eight hundred dollars, um, for a card for a Dunkin' Donuts. Wow. Well, it's graded, so it must actually be a thing. These, yeah, this was a full series. Apparently, we got Kevin Garnett Dunkin' Donuts. I kind of like these cards, honestly. I want to um, see someone posterizing with kind of the nuts in the face. That would be. That's... <laughs> how, this is a random question, but how many bobbleheads do you guys think exist in the world? Oh my god! Let's let's this, do a let's do a lot and thanks. This is one of those things where I'm afraid. Oh, I hate I hate, I love other people playing a lot, and I don't like to play because I'm so embarrassed at where my guests will be. Yeah. Um. Goodness. I mean, it's in bobbleheads are not reserved to just sports memorabilia by any means. Mm -hmm. I mean, like at my at Lauren's old job, they had the head of school who was like retiring after 30 years and they made like a thousand bobbleheads of him to like give out to like their community. Like bobbleheads are like everyone's go to kind of like gift trinket memorabilia thing. I, I think it's an astronomical number. Yeah, There's I was going to say 20 million, but that might even. That's oh, got to be low because bobbleheads that's have been around since like what the early 90s. Like I'm sure they were like a crazy invention in like the late 80s or early 90s from some coke fueled dream that somebody had. But um, there's a history of bobbleheads to a, a, a museum of bobbleheads. Being <laughs> wow. Why not? I tried Googling um, how many bobbleheads are there in the world, uh, and it appears that no stoners have ever gone on Google and tried to search something similar. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting bobbleheads from the video game Fallout yeah, 4. Apparently, that's a really big thing now where Fallout 4 dominates bo bobblehead SEO, which would concern me if I were a, a full-time bobblehead stan. <laughs> yeah, what we don't have some data nerd out there that's combined millions of different sources of bobbleheads. They started in the 1920s. Uh, we got 1760s here, Leone. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh wow. The history, the Museum of Bobbleheads, or the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum, which is the site that Pete's on, they say they have over ten thousand bobbleheads on our collection, but there are hundreds of thousands out there. So that's that's individual bobbleheads. He's talking about Phil Sklar, who opened the museum with co-founder Brad Novak in twenty nineteen. So if we're going to say there's hundreds of thousands of bobbleheads that exist, even if we were to exclude the custom ones, you have to think there's like ten million bobbleheads around on Earth overall, at least. I want to. I want to say. This, I'm going on record and saying they started in 1964 because I'm telling you, this 1842, that ain't a bobblehead. <laughs> that thing ain't bobbling. I'll tell you that right now. They hadn't figured out the bob functionality quite yeah, as well. So it's, it's, it's just a ceramic statue. I'm sorry, this museum, I realize you guys want to have like the gravitas of a, you know, multi-century innovation in the making. But I mean, this is this is less than 100 years old, guys. <laughs>
Uh, Those Beatles I, bobbleheads honestly look pretty good, though, all things considered, given that they didn't have this technology. I do have my... Uh, I have... Um, actually, I'll show one. What if, This is one of the most sad purchases I've made, but this was back when I won my first Yahoo Fantasy Championship League. It was probably like 2009, 2010. I had just started playing fantasy regularly, and I wanted to commemorate winning. Like I wasn't in a league yet that had the trash talking and the trophy and all this. So I bought this from Yahoo's store. Oh boy, where is this going? It's, it's got to be a bobblehead of football player. You you bought the <laughs> generic Yahoo bobblehead? <laughs> no, no. It says, okay, here it is. 2010 league champion. They didn't send that to you for free for winning your league? Leone, just let me have this, okay? It's my first championship. It's a true, really nice bobblehead. The arm did fall off. One of the arms did fall off. <laughs> wait, wait. Could you only buy it if you won your league? Like, was it only accessible on the store if you won? Or could anybody have bought it even if they didn't win their league? My guess is those grubby uh, capitalists over at Yahoo would have taken anybody's money for these. <laughs> I've got a weird CBS sports one that's like a similar thing. But, you know, they sent it to me. I didn't have to, like, go and buy it. <laughs> Please don't shame me. This is when a, this is when fantasy football was very special to me. <laughs> I, I I think he looks good. Besides the the missing arm, maybe he spent some time in that dungeon that was capturing all the other collectibles out there. Yeah, and he's like also detaching from the base. So like the only way I can prop him up is like against books where he's like using his hand to keep him up. So. Well, that's why the Museum of Bobbleheads is so important for the bobblehead community because they keep them in pristine shape where, you know, a normal bobblehead wear and tear from bobbling around so much will will certainly take its toll. This is true, Lou. Back in the day, I had to buy my own gifts. Yes, I bought my own trophy. Okay. That's why at the end of the day, we're not investors. We're sentimental collectors. And that's why I'll be going mouth deep on some Corvette crunch. It's all sentimental. Um, if you guys are enjoying the show, uh, please like and subscribe. We have the links down below to the iTunes version of Splash Play. If you want that in audio, we have the Splash Play YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. And Spags and I each week are going to be circling back to our big board of ideas for shows that we wanted to do this offseason that you guys helped us uh, vote on as well. So uh, well, we got some fun shows in the in the pipeline for this. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do next time out. I feel like the collectibles thing, though, is definitely one we have to revisit. What what is going on Decapitated. This very few people will get this Eric Hinsky rookie of the year. From the Toronto Blue I was trying to find, I don't know if you guys had the Gus Macker basketball tournament uh growing up where you were, but it was just like a three-on-three tournament. And if you lost your first two games, everyone who lost their first two games were in the toilet bowl division. So I have a Gus Macker toilet bowl trophy, but I couldn't find it. There you go. Yeah, I think to me, uh, I like the idea. So with my like actual setup here, like I have like all these Ikea shelves, but I they're not like in the background. Like I sometimes try to get stuff here, but if I had like a proper setup where it was like directly behind me, that's where I think it is fun. Like I like when I see, I don't know who has good ones. Like obviously the fantasy footballers have all kinds of cool memorabilia. Even someone like JJ, you know, he has his desk right behind him and has cool helmets and stuff on there. Like to me, that is fun. Like if you're doing a lot of content, Holka's stuff is, is crazy. Holka actually told me about these. These are these like NBA, what? like 
have how I not have talked to you about it? I don't think so. Yeah. So these are like probably too expensive uh, for what they are. Uh, but <laughs> Kolka had me FOMO into them and they, they are pretty fun. Yeah, that's cool. I really want to, my office is a disaster, which if you've watched me do some shows with Peter, sometimes the craft room you can see in the background. I, I would love to get an organic background where, uh, you know, I could display some cool memorabilia and stuff. I'm on the other side of that where like I have a floating shelf. Like I have a, I got floating shelves maybe two months ago now and I'm like mm -hmm. terrified to put it up because I don't want to commit to having something behind my head and then having to make sure it's framed the right way every day. And like, and too, like I've seen so many guys during quarantine, like, cause you know, everybody's at home trying to make content now and they have like their fake collectibles behind them where it's like shit they just bought to have on a stream. And it's like, I don't want to be that dude either. So I don't know where I'm going to go. Oh, wow. Shots yeah. fired right there. <laughs> I'm feeling that. Hey, I love we got receipts. We got received. <laughs> no, yeah, yours are real. Yours are have heartfelt logic to it. Even a LaVisca Chenault helmet that you didn't buy that as a bit. You bought that because you're a buffoon who loves LaVisca <laughs> Chenault. Please, please do not. Uh, please do not say that. Now I need to get some uh, Chris Conley uh, memorabilia. That's what I need. Yeah, He's my guy. Um, all right, guys. This has been uh, very fun. Uh, I do think we should probably uh, maybe... Maybe like over uh, the off season, the three of us can like bookmark some really weird stuff if we ever come across it mm -hmm. and we could do a revisit here uh, in, a, in a few months. Yeah, we need to buy something, I think. For sure. Cost, cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> cost effective. <laughs> so a bobblehead that actually bobbles, preferably not, kept in cardboard if it can. Yeah. We're not spending 4800 on the uh, Detroit Lions bear and parking pass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I'm just imagining like, you know, how everyone, they buy their stuff and then they, they pump it, right? They say why it's so cool or important. Imagine like the mental gymnastics I would have to do if I bought that and then tried to build a community out of why these bears and parking passes were so valuable. <laughs> Guys, That'd be a real, real test of your influencer metal, I think. <laughs> it really would be. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mike, thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Uh, I know you got rankings and and stuff going at etr you guys are getting ready for uh best ball season right yeah we're getting ready for best ball i just wrote an article on stacking and underdogs best ball tournament from last year that was fun to write so you know if you have an etr sub check that out we got our rankings out and yeah I i'm looking forward to best ball season and the draft season coming up awesome uh yeah looking forward to that we'll we'll have to do a splash play uh draft uh at some point as well uh this off season spags any other plugs for you uh, now just follow at Splash Play Pod. We do follow back everybody on there on Twitter and Instagram because we we care so much as a community. So just give us some followers on there and you'll know whenever we're doing Splash Play shows, obviously, in addition to Pete's own channel and our own Splash Play channel, we put everything out through there. And yeah, follow me at Chris Baggs. I got basketball content for Osmo pretty much every day. And MLB comes back next week too. So I will get to discuss three sports at once, which will make my brain bleed from the ears every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in a sentence, I never thought I would say, I am doing a show with Ja Rule uh, tonight <laughs> at nine. That is awesome, though. I mean, I love what that has become for you and for the show. That is really cool. Yeah. Is, that, is that just a club top shot show today? It is. Yeah, we're actually it's it's the most bizarre double billing for a show ever because so Andy, who's one of our regulars on Club Top Shot, he's a developer and big into the Ethereum space. Uh, there's this thing called Sushi Swap, which is part of the decentralized finance kind of boom right now. And people have been begging for Andy to do a Sushi Swap tutorial. So I said, 
all right, let's make this accessible to me. Uh, how about we all order sushi and get sake while Andy uh, describes this? And then Jack booked Ja Rule. So we're doing a sushi swap tutorial for the first hour, and then Ja Rule is coming by, and, and who knows what will happen. So that's the show tonight starting at 8. I thought what you were saying, of, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. What, what kind of Ja Rule Fire Festival memorabilia <laughs> yeah. is out there? Yeah, they're, uh, you know, people keep at asking, they're saying like, oh, are you going to be too afraid to make fire Festival jokes? And I tell you, I'm going to be an hour in like drinking sake. Uh, you don't have to worry about me getting off some fire Festival jokes, everyone. Uh <laughs> so like the way you were describing that, you're like, well, we needed somebody on to explain sushi swap correctly. So we got Ja Rule. <laughs> Did you see he sold an NFT fire Festival painting for 122 grand yesterday? Yeah, that's how you swerve into the bit. That's how you do it. Uh, I mean, that is just like the levels of meta and irony there of like, you know, yeah, we scammed a lot of people with uh, Firefest, and now I'm going to re-scam with a Firefest thing. Although maybe it even has more value than the Firefest experience itself. So, I mean, Apparently. we're in crazy times, guys. Apparently it does. So. We're in crazy times. Um, all right. Those are the plugs. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Spags. Uh, we will be back again uh, next Friday. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you.